All right, it must be Monday. We've got Ring of Honor. We've got Halloween Havoc, fresh off the weekend at Tap Out Talk. That's right, it is episode 15, and it is that time of the week again. A E W W E. Let's get right in. That's right, it is episode 15 of Tap Out Talk. Dearly beloved, we gather here today for a very special Buried Alive episode. Ring of Honor Wrestling and our beloved, once treasured Halloween Havoc. Let's get right in. You know, guys, I wanted to start out with the program today, and I wanted to talk a little bit and a lot about Ring of Honor, what we reported on previously, and I also want to talk about Halloween Havoc and what was once an amazing pay-per-view in the WCW days. So let's go ahead and let's get into our first story. All right, so Ring of Honor, as you guys know, is... Um, was actually announced last week that we would have a um, kind of like a death of Ring of Honor with its final battle pay-per-view coming here at the end of the year in December. Um, What you guys also know is they uh, claim that there's supposed to be a reboot of sorts. So like a reboot that's coming back or a revisioning of Ring of Honor. And none of us know what that's going to look like. But we do know that the wrestlers have all been released from their contracts and they've been advised to seek other work. So what we basically are getting into is a reboot. um, And Ring of Honor trying to sell off its name, sell off its classic library. And we basically had a uh, respectable independent promotion here, which... You know, did very good by its wrestlers, and you know it gave you such alumni as Daniel Bryanson and CM Punk, and was now known in today as Seth Rollins in the WWE. Um, it's given us so many classic. AJ Styles is another alumni of Ring of Honor. There's and the list goes on. Um, what I'd like to do is go through the current roster. Now, this roster is not as strong as it you know once was. And very much, I want to say, Ring of Honor was very much happy being the feeder system for all the others. But I think as the products are now gotten interesting with AEW and Impact and even, you know, WWE and NXT even. Um, So, you know, Ring of Honor was trying to compete with the NXTs, in my opinion, of the world. And so let's go through the roster. And I'm going to be fair. Some of these guys I don't know very well. Because I have not watched a lot of Ring of Honor, but some of them I do. And I'm just going to give a speculation of where I think they could end up fitting. So we're going to go through our list here. And our first, I'll just go about you know three or four at a time. We've got Adam Brooks, Amy Rose, Angelina Love, and Bandito. So what we got here is, um, and I'm going to try to pick, if I was doing a draft, I'm going to try to draft out of four or five, three or four people, I'm going to have one or two picks that I would actually take on my current revisioning. Um, I would actually go after Bandito. I think he's a good talent. I think he's a talent that could hang. I think I could see him showing up in AEW. I think they would do very well with this character. Um, Adam Brooks, I don't know if I have any interest in him. 
Um, Amy Rose and Angelina Love. I will have interest in the female division because I would want to build up those divisions. AEW and Impact Wrestling both could do really well with that. Also, um, Women of Wrestling also is startup. There's a lot of work. Um, Angelina Love does have star power because she does have former TNA Impact Wrestling experience with the Beautiful People tag team. But um, those are going to be my picks. So if I had to pick two out of this row, I'm going to go with Angelina Love and Bandito as my two that I would keep. Up next, uh, Bateman, Beer City Bruiser, Brawler Malonis, and Brian Johnson. Um, none of these guys really stick out to me. I don't know if I would have any, any interest at all with them. So, oh, that's a tough pick. So I am going to pass on this row since I did take two in the previous row. So I'm going to go ahead and pass on these guys. Um, up next, though, I've got Brody King, Dak Draper, Dalton Castle, and Dan Housen. I'm going to go ahead and draft Brody King. I think we could do something with his character and has a little bit of work ethic. And then uh, Dan Housen has mainstream marketability. I could see him going to AEW. I could actually, believe it or not, see him ending up in WWE, maybe the NXT system at first. Dan Housen would be a kind of an entertainer, and he would be um, a character that WWE would just like kind of have some stupid fun with on a lower card level. So I do see that he would be able to go to AEW or WWE. So I would take him because of his fan base and marketability. Um, next, we have Delirious, Dragon Lee, Dutch, and EC3. So that's an easy one. Out of all these guys, I would take EC3. He's got experience with Impact. He's got experience with the WWE. They used him horribly. So Ethan Carter III, I would take in my uh, revisioning. Um, honestly, I only see him going back to Impact Wrestling, if anywhere else. So, But I d would keep him along as my revisioning, and I would draft EC3 as a recognizable face because he has that mainstream look to him. Next row, we got Eli Osom, Flamita, Flip Gordon, Jay Briscoe. Okay, this is going to be interesting because I would take Jay Briscoe in a heartbeat. He is one half of the Briscoe Brothers tag team, and I definitely would want them to be the face of my heart and tag team division. I feel like they are a real legit tag team. Um, exciting to watch. Now, um, they will fit very well with NXT, and they got the Briscoe name, which is longstanding in the WWE. So him and his brother both, they'll uh, do really well there. Uh, maybe the Briscoes versus the Usos would be an interesting tag team fresh matchup to see. Uh, Flip Gordon has some possibilities as well. He's got a little bit of a fan base. so. But for that, I'm going to take Jay Briscoe. I possibly would think about Flip Gordon. And then we have Jay Letho, Jenny Rose, Joe Hendra, and Jonathan Gresham. Uh, for this row, Jay Letho, of course, always will interest you because he has, again, a name building and he has entertainment factor. Um, he's got a lot of different range that you could use. Jenny Rose, again, we need to build up a female division a little, so maybe that's a possibility. And next we have Josh Rhodes, or excuse me, Josh Woods, Khan, uh, Kelly Ann, and Kenny King. Uh, for this, I like Kenny King. I think I would take a, you know, keep him for my drafting. I think he could go pretty much where he wanted to go. Um, Kelly Ann and Khan both have some interesting looks, and I'd probably look at each of them. So after that, we have LSG, Mandy Leon, uh, Maria Canellis, and Maria M Manic. Um, so it's interesting, right? I would want to say Maria Canellis because, again, she has name brand look that people know, but I don't know how impactful it would be, and she's not much in the ring. So I would actually pass on her, and I would take Maria Manic and uh, some of these other girls to kind of build up the vision a little bit. 
Um, next, we got Mark Briscoe. Again, you know I will take him. He's part of the Briscoe Brothers tag team, so I definitely would take them. We have Mark Haskins, Matt uh, Taven, and Max the Impaler. Um, that's about all I want out of there. So that's I'm going to take the Briscoe Brothers as I start to rebuild. Now I'm looking at Mike Bennett, Miranda Elise, Moses, and PCO. Um, out of this row... PCO's got the most mainstream ability. He, I believe, did not work out in NXT. He might have had a brief run there. And then um, uh, Impact, I think he could go. I would keep him in my ring of honor. He's got some veteran experience, and he has some monster uh, work that he can do. So um, after that, we got PJ Black, Ray Horace, Ray Titus, or Ray Titus and Roxy. Um, I'm looking all over. Um, I would probably go with PJ Black here, the former uh, Justin Gabriel. I would look at him. He's always a veteran talent to have around. Um, Ray Horse possibly as well. Um, then we have Silas Young, Shane Taylor, Session Moth Martina, and Rush. Not really anything that's catching my eye here with these guys. Then we have Slex, Sumi Sake. Uh, take her. And then Tracy Williams. Um, no. Uh, Trisha Dora, possibly. Vincent, yes. Will Ferreira, and then World Famous CB. I think I would let them walk, even though I'd be intrigued to see kind of what they have. I can't take all these guys back, but um, I would want to build with probably at least about 10. Um, and I do think, here's where the ultimate, um, these guys, a lot of these guys will end up. Some will come back in the revisioning. Some will end up in AEW, maybe mostly the women. They need to build up the women's division. But other than that, if you're AEW, I probably wouldn't touch a lot of the rest of them. Um, if you're Impact Wrestling, I would grab a couple of these as well, mostly EC3. Um, I think you know him, a familiar face returning home would be huge for them, and he's still young enough to have a good career. And then after that, I'm going to say um, the Briscoe Brothers to NXT because I think the WWE does try to snatch up that tag team. I think AEW would like to have them too. Um, so that would be a battle of who they would want to get and what work they would want to do. Um, it's a shame that, again, Ring of Honor is going out of business and we have to see a little bit of a death in the revival of the Ring of Honor. But uh, that's the way it goes in the wrestling industry sometimes. So, you know, comment down below if you guys are like um, big Ring of Honor fans and you're going to miss this product for us, you know. But tell me a little bit more about, you know, uh, who should go where. Okay, so we're getting into... The other um, results and thoughts here on Halloween Havoc. So I got to watch Halloween Havoc and, oh, guys, how the mighty have fallen. And this is another Buried Alive moment um, here at Tap Out Talk where I've witnessed the Buried Alive moment of Halloween Havoc and not in a match. Um, Halloween Havoc used to be one of my favorite pay-per-views in the WCW fold. I loved the October Halloween Havoc. I was excited last year when they brought back Halloween Havoc, and I said, oh, this is going to be great. And then while the show was lackluster, NXT is starting to grab these shows, and the biggest reason is the AEW effect. WWE is grabbing these shows and using the names before – because if they don't use them and they never plan to use them, AEW can come in and copyright them and steal them just like they did with Bash at the Beach. Um, so they can – come in and kind of steal their copyrighted material, basically. That's not stealing when it, and the, the patent expires and they can grab it and use it. So Halloween Havoc was the latest victim of the NXT brand. And last year, the show was okay. It wasn't, you know, too bad. But this year, it was rough. It was, um, I'm not even going to go over all the matches, 
but I am going to give you the shining highlighting points of what happens. So the deal is you got the wheel, right? And this is from an old Halloween Havoc idea. You got spin the wheel and make the deal. And this year was hosted by Chucky, the doll from Child's Play. And they tried to get a network tie-in and got some money on there. They did a good enough job with the arena and the set. Um, but when it comes down to it, NXT lacks star power right now. It's not what it once was. But there are a few things that I like that I will mildly keep my eye on NXT to see kind of where some of these guys develop a little bit and who can catch my eye. So the first matchup, and of course we spun the wheel and we made the deal, and it was a stairway uh, to hell match, right? It was a ladder match, basically. And this was, uh, the result here is a triple threat ladder match. And I find it interesting because if you guys remember Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose from the main roster is now back in NXT, dyed her hair uh, dark and brown black, and then now all of a sudden she's a good wrestler and she leads a faction, right? So what we have is this faction is called Toxic Attraction. Um, and these guys did catch my eye. We had uh, Io Shirai and her partner and then another team in there. But the reality is um, Toxic Attraction uh, defeated Cherie and Stark and Hartwell and Parodi to become the new... NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. So this was a spot-heavy ladder match with a lot of messy moments. Many of the women barely avoided serious injury, and Shirai, uh, Io Shirai took a rough ladder uh, landing. It was um, fun, but pretty par for the course for a ladder match. Toxic Attraction needed this win after the buildup. Dolan and Jane promised it a lot um, when they joined Mandy Rose. So Mandy Rose... And Dolan and Jane are now this group called Toxic Attraction. And I like the idea of Mandy Rose coming down to NXT and being kind of the veteran presence and help, you know, take on these two younger girls to kind of set up this girl's female triple group. So I kind of like that. I will give them credit for that of utilizing, you know, you're not utilizing Mandy on the main level. So, you know, let's bring her down and use her in NXT a little bit. Should be interesting to see which steps they go with this. But the genius of Sky and Stark should no longer be uh, forced to be stayed with, and maybe the friendship can become natural. Um, next, we have in our next match, we had a couple matches after this. They kind of went through some weird haunted house skits, and then, then they kept having these backstage Halloween party segments. I like that they were doing the Halloween vibe, right? But it was weird. It was like a bunch of people that were at a party and they were posing for the cameras in the party and trying to dance in place and nobody was really interacting with each other other than when the script told them to. So it was very odd and kind of just weird, right? Costume party. But then we get to the next match that did stick out, which was um, Mandy Rose again, right? So Mandy Rose with um, Toxic Attraction. Mandy Rose actually was taking on uh, Raquel Gonzalez, who was the current women's champion. So Mandy Rose got a match, and actually Mandy Rose defeated Gonzalez by pinfall to become the new NXT women's champion. So I like this right now and where NXT's going. Mandy Rose is the women's champion, and her group Toxic Attraction have the actual titles, and so they hold all the girls' gold, and they can just run the place. I do like that the NXT went this route, even though it was a little bit subtle, but it is something they may be able to build on. The match was solid enough, though the pacing was awkward in moments. The two relied too far much on weapons to kind of get over with the crowd, not helping um, the potential argument that Rose is not good enough for this moment, really. But um, Gonzalez deserved better than a messy end to her title reign but she was uh, too dominant to lose without Rose getting some help. So it could have been handled better, but especially with the stipulation um, to do, you know, because of the weapons everywhere stipulation. 
But Rose has improved as a performer since her time on Monday Night Raw. However, she still feels a little bit off. I think being with a group will kind of hide mask that, so I do like that. Uh, but that was something else to notice. There was um, a, another match. They had a couple matches. They had an tag team match with Imperial. It was pretty good. Um, there, Of course, they got the titles now. And uh, there was a guy that stuck out in a match with Roderick Strong. That was Odyssey Jones. Um, this guy, I'm going to keep an eye on. He has some kind of it factor. He knows how to work as a big man. He's got a good look. But um, he's learning how to sell enough as a big man, too. And learning how to sell is an important part of that. So I am curious to see where Odyssey Jones, big man, where your career goes. And I'll be interested to watch you on NXT the next couple weeks and see some growth. So really, this girl faction of Toxic Attraction, Odyssey Jones, uh, match against Roderick Strong, caught my interest the most. And then we get to the main event. That's really the only thing the other on the show. And um, we have Braun Breaker versus the champion, um, um, Tommaso Ciampa. Jesus. So we have <laughs> Ciampa defeating Breaker by pinfall and retaining the NXT championship. So Braun Breaker, and this one kills me, okay? This kid is going to be a star. He's got a nit factor. If he doesn't, as long as he doesn't do something stupid backstage, okay, or get in the wrong you know, impression on somebody. Um, Braun Breaker is the real-life son of the Steiner brothers, right? So Rick Steiner is his father, and Scott Steiner is his uncle. And let me tell you something. This kid looks like a Steiner brother, and his name's Rex Steiner, right? And he looks like a Steiner. I think it's horrible that the WWE has given him this name, Braun Breaker. I mean, that sounds like a generic uh, WWE, you know, 2K you know, character that you create in the video game. And it's like, oh, your character's name is Braun Breaker and you're going to fight through the WWE. Um, you know, let him be Rex Steiner. I know the WWE has issues with Scott, but the reality is that's not Rex. That's not even, it's just his uncle, right? Um, so, you know, I would hate if some people judged me for my uncle or family or what have you. But um, Braun Breaker, definitely going to be the real deal. I will watch him in NXT a little bit just to kind of keep my eye on him. Tommaso Ciampa, he is the last of the greats in the NXT. Now, here's what happened in the match. Ciampa did defeat Breaker by pinfall to retain. Uh, this is start out un- um, start out really good. And then after time, you know, he worked the ribs on Breaker. And then, however, once it really got going, it felt like anything could happen. The big man pushed the champion but ultimately fell short because he was not quite ready. Um so the finish was a great way to put over just how dangerous Breaker is, but the resiliency should sell him to the NXT universe a little bit more than his pure strength. So he got a chance to work with the best that he did, and you know he didn't look out of place, and that's the story here. He shouldn't come in and just dominate Tommaso Ciampa and just take the title, right? Because Ciampa's a good NXT champion. So, But Breaker coming in and giving him a run for his money, there will be more to this, and um, this was you know about a... 30-minute wars of past that we can have. Um, this was far from it. I feel like it was a short match, but it told the right story, and the right man did remain champion. So Ciampa is the measuring stick that everybody must meet. So this is the right move for Breaker in the future. Um, so hopefully Braun Breaker can break his stereotype he's got going on here and become a signer again. I would love to see that. So, um, But I am interested in this guy and his future. Um, so at the end of the night, we're really looking at a couple things in our analysis. The biggest things of the nights were Tommaso Ciampa remaining champion and the emergence of Braun Breaker as a true strong competitor. And then Mandy Rose as an emergence 
of the overall toxic attraction women's group. So we'll be curious to kind of see where it goes there. But honestly, guys, NXT is not what it used to be. And it's going downhill. So this is kind of like, I feel like Halloween Havoc was the death of NXT and that we know and love. You know, when you had Charlotte and Becky and Sasha and Bayley, and that was just the women. And then you had Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And, you know, the list goes on of great champions that just kept coming through the system and developed and made NXT what it is. Um, it had a lot of heart. So, you know, that's the uh, burials of those two organizations between Ring of Honor and now Halloween Havoc. Oh, how it has fallen. Go back on the WWE Peacock Network and watch some old Halloween Havoc pay-per-views from the 90s. They're amazing. Okay. Um, let's keep it on with the scary theme. Uh, Blissful Mask. So we were actually told that um, Alexa Bliss, who squared off against Charlotte Flair Extreme Rules, um, however, that match didn't end in the most blissful way. And like she lost in quick fashion to the queen, but it seemed like incredible concept art for Bliss's character was recently revealed. And since Alexa Bliss has been absent from WWE television in actuality, Alexa Bliss is scheduled for sinus surgery, which is why she had to take some time off. Fans are already going ahead and... What they're doing is um, they're wondering when Bliss is going to be back. So there was a post uh, that we kind of dug up that from Kyle Scarborough, who on Twitter said, Fun fact, during the beginning of the Alexa Bliss um, WWE, her run with The Fiend, I was asked to mock up a concept for a potential mask and makeup combo. And um, here they are. They got the pictures. One has his tattooed on her forehead. And the other is like kind of a tiger tribal kind of looking mask right now. I kind of like that one a little bit and because um, I know they wanted to go somewhere with this story. But what we're looking at is the Bliss character. And what that mask did happen is at WrestleMania 37, um, Bliss did end up in a different kind of mask, more of a crimson mask, if you will. And as you guys know, um, at WrestleMania 37, where she betrayed Bray Wyatt and cost him his match against Orton. We certainly wonder how... Well, the concept art would have given birth to Alexa Bliss's Fiend-inspired mask. Um, in the end, the fans will never get to know because the character, I guess, might be dropped here. So, But I think that would have been a cool mask in a moment to debut that as she took over in the Bliss playground. So, Speaking of our former colleague, we'll end with Wyatt's World. Uh, Bray Wyatt um, has been in re- the news recently. His release came, and it's still a very hot topic, within the circles of the wrestling fans. Uh, Ringside News recently reported that there is an internal belief with the WWE that Wyatt de- uh, deserved to get fired generated a response from the man himself. Wyatt responded to that report exclusively about his WWE firing, his animated gif of the rock, uh, rock rolling his eyes um, and did not include a caption. We, did, uh, we were told that... Um, to not shoot the messenger and Bray dropped another tweet. So after claiming to our report was that Johnny Ace and Bruce Pritchard got hit their point of views out. Wyatt also made a promise to tell his side of the story very soon. Now we can take that Johnny and Bruce's opinion would um, like to share mine soon. Uh, so basically what's going on here is for the record, Bruce Pritchard leaves messages on red and nobody wants to get, a call from Johnny Ace. So basically, Johnny and Bruce are very despicable in the WWE. 
Um, Bray Wyatt obviously did not like when this got reported. So Wyatt has promised to come out soon. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation of what Wyatt will do. Um, guys, I think he's going to AEW. There's a lot of TNA talk. There's a lot of um, him out in Hollywood and L.A. working with his old uh, special effects person, the one that actually created the Wyatt mask for him. They're probably coming up with some new stuff. Some people said, oh, he's going back to the WWE, but I don't think that's the case. He um, even tw- changed his Twitter hand. So I think it is an AEW debut. I think it's going to be a Cult of Wyndham type thing, and I think the fans are going to pop just like they did all these other stars that came ba- back, and you know this invasion of um, them is coming in. I think the Dark Order is the natural fit, of course, right? I think he's going to battle him first, though. Um, guys, that is everything I wanted to go over with you today. So I want to thank you again. Um, for watching the show, bearing with me. Um, I wanted to throw this together really quick for you guys tonight. Monday Night Raw was finishing up. But hey, I think the world of you, and it is that time. Remember, like, share, subscribe, and again, that's all we got. It's game over.